This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 57, Business Owners, You Are Already in the Banking Business. Traditional financial planning is no longer working, and in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast. I'm Mark Willis, one of your co-hosts. Along with me is Holly Bach. Hello, everyone. And uh, we wanted to start this episode just by saying thank you to everyone who's uh, been giving us such great feedback on the podcast over the last pl- year plus now. Can you believe it, Holly? I know. It's already been a year. Where did oh, where did the time go? <laughs> it's nuts. It's nuts. Well, and so we wanted to bring up a few folks who've explicitly shared some of their excitement uh, for what we've been doing here, what we've been creating here with Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Uh, one in particular, a guy named C. Minky One. Uh, great name. Love that. A uh, non-typical financial podcast, he says, with a five-star review. And he says, Mark and his crew discuss various topics and strategies that are effective and non-typical. It was refreshing to hear a different approach to financial topics. Their f- friendly and informative attitude is received well and makes you want to listen to the next episode. This podcast is a great listen. So thank you, C. Minky. Um, it's just fun to say that. <laughs> so what we're that's gonna, why you picked that one, exactly, really, right, yeah, Mark? exactly right. <laughs> so um, you know, today, everyone, we're going to be diving into the reality of the modern day business owner. So this is some area that I don't think we've really talked much about uh, in any of our previous episodes. So uh, you know, it might be repeat in some ways because uh, there's some similar content, and you know, the needs of the business owner is not unlike the needs of the individual, because every business owner is, at the end of the day, a a human person, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, But we are going to be looking at it through a different lens. So uh, we did some studying on this. I mean, American business owners are in rare form right now. According to the Kauffman Foundation, a a whopping 6.02% of Americans work in their own business as their primary job. And uh, the entrepreneur in this country, uh, you know, has has been lauded and esteemed for decades. But also, similarly, they've been under attack. Um, recent studies say that entrepreneurs are still, even now, a major source of growth and innovation for this country. I mean, they bring jobs, they bring capital, equipment, um, and product to this country, and build the economy, and uh, and also add to each of their family's standard of living. So I really do see entrepreneurs as kind of the modern day heroes of our economy. Uh, while they're not perfect and while they can be, you know, um, problems in our economy as well, I do see that they tend to drive the innovations and the revolutions that now that we all basically take for granted. I mean, if you drive a car, think an entrepreneur. If you have a smartphone, you know, right, think an <laughs> entrepreneur. Um uh, we probably use the products of entrepreneurs and ideas that came up in in uh, in their minds hundreds of times a day. One of the things I totally love when speaking with clients who are small business owners is that sense of pride and responsibility that I just feel just like you know just oozes out of them mm-hmm. uh, for the life that they're living, not just the business that they're creating. So I understand that they're you know. Um, not perfect, but I I think that one of the things that they really get is that they are not victims to their own circumstance. 
you know, they are not thermometers, they're thermostats. You get it? You know, they're changing their own environment rather than just, you know, watching it change around them. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is inspirational. Uh, So I think when it comes down to where people place their own security, if you believe that there's some other person or some other entity out there that has ultimate control over your destiny, uh, that's the victim mindset at the end of the day, or at least the dependent mindset. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, if you believe those things, why even bother taking control of your future or your life, right? If you just think that it's totally at the whims of some other thing out there, whether it's your job or the government or, you know, anything. And so I was reading this little book. It was, it's been out of print for a long time uh, by Paul Poirot named The Pension Idea. And he's quoted in that book as saying, uh, what security is to be found in the world? The answer lies in the minds and in the hands of individuals, each of whom can enjoy as much security as he's willing to earn and is free to save. Whatever security has been lost to individuals in the United States can be recovered only through the taking back of the liberty in which persons have given up and in the illusion that personal responsibility can be shifted to somebody else. The tasks required that every man, woman, uh, think for himself and herself and understand how the source of its own security is to be found within himself and herself. So that's that's the big fancy quote. Go back and listen to that again. I think there's a lot of uh, truth there. But what are your thoughts on all this, Holly? Yeah, and I think if we you know zoom out and look back over the last century, we can see that there has been a slow erosion of personal freedom that's being taken away from the individual and given over. I mean, mostly willingly to others, whether that's you know a corporation dependent on you know being dependent upon them for a job or our government just saying, oh, the government's going to take care of me or our banker or our broker. I mean, we've seen the slow shift right. of our ability to find security in our freedom and have chosen slavery almost in a way instead. Again, that whole idea of wrapping up your future and your dependency on someone else or other entities as it were. Um, I mean, just since 1940, you know, Americans have gone from saving 27% of their income to just a a paltry 2.6% as of 2018. And so at the same time, though, so that's not bad enough. It's not bad enough that we've gone from saving 27% down to 2%. Literally 10 times less. Yes. Mm. Yes. Um, Simultaneously, according to the U.S. Department of Commerce Bureau, we've moved from servicing debt at 11% to an average of 35.9%. So then we also, on top of it, tripled our yeah. debt. Wow. So mm-hmm. we you know, slashed our savings and then tripled our debt. So, I mean, really let that sink in for a second. I mean, we've moved from being a nation of savers to being a nation of debtors. And so if time is money, then we are on average slaves to a bank for more than a third of our lives. Then if we also take taxes into consideration, you know, with all the security we have for, um, from Uncle Sam, uh, we can only hope to be free for a few hours, really, of our day. And then, of course, how hmm. do we spend those couple free hours that we have? Well, normally we're being preached to by commercials that demand we surrender still more freedom and security of ours, you know, by listening to, um, you know, commercials and, and things that are telling us, you know, eat this, don't eat that, buy this, you'll be happy, that yeah. sort of thing. Well, so 
So adding all that up, you're, you're, you've got, you know, let's say a third of your day is going to uh, service your debt. Mm-hmm. Another, let's say 20 to 30% on top of that is going to uh, pay for taxes and the roads that we, w- that we do enjoy, but also maybe some of the, uh, you know, excesses of our government spending. And mm-hmm. then uh, with what we have left, we tend to sort of uh, chase after the things that we can't afford uh, to impress people we don't even like, right? Uh, <laughs> with with uh, uh, too big a purchases. So when I usually sit down with folks, what they're able to save less uh, left after all of that, uh, they have a certain belief about it. And, and there's a subtle but per- pervasive belief that I hear in the subtext of my conversations with clients goes something like this. Okay, so I'm trapped underneath this wall of debt and my expensive li- lifestyle. So therefore, I'm just going to have to save less. I just can't do it any other way. Mm-hmm. So to make up for all that loss uh, savings, to, when, I, you know, when I'm only able to save on average 2.6%, what little I can save, I'm going to put into riskier and riskier investments and hope and pray that I get a higher rate of return. So how do we, as listeners and as the audience here, how do we, and us in this room too, how do we all uh, follow what Paul Perot's saying and find the source of our security in ourselves rather than finding security elsewhere? I believe that there is an ethos in this country that entrepreneurship is one of the ways out of that problem of having to rely on outside forces that may or may not have our best interest at heart. Mm -hmm. I mean, we really revere the entrepreneur, especially in this country, and the self-made billionaire, you know, through shows like Shark Tank. I mean, it it does feel like you get, it it gives you back some control that as a nation, we believe that maybe we've lost uh, possibly over the last half century. So rather than outsourcing our responsibility to others, uh, I really think that, you know, you can build in yourself as an entrepreneur that sense of security, financial freedom, uh, and that's really the embodiment of Paul Perot's quote about finding that source of security uh, within yourself. So, you know, while, yeah, Holly, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, well, I was just thinking this idea you you just mentioned where, you know, business owners, a lot of times they they are trying to take control of their own destiny, right? Yeah. Or they're, they're trying to take that control back for themselves. That's why they became business owners. But if we think about that through the context of what we just looked at, as far as the dynamic that the average American is in and the average business owner is in, then, you know, is that really the case? You know, like, like we we're talking about if time is money, if, if how you're spending your, your, your day, you know, I mean, the biggest thing I hear with small business owners when I'm having these conversations with them is um, <clears throat> I'll hear these, these tones and I'll hear these just subtle hints like you were talking about of just, I want to be working for myself. You know, I want the hours that I, you know, the blood, sweat and tears all day, every day. I want that to be benefiting me, not someone else, not some larger corporation. Um which is great. You know, I mean, I think that that's, that's fantastic that these people want to work hard and reap the benefits of that. I think that's admirable, like you were saying. However, can you really say that that's the reality if, you know, again, a third of your day yeah. is having to go to pay towards debt and a third of your day is having to go to pay taxes? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, finally, that last third is the only third of your day that you really get to work for yourself. And in reality, you know, we can't work all you know, twenty four seven nonstop, um, and so I th- I just think that that's important for maybe the business owner to kind of hear and to think about. I mean, your your pursuit is admirable. I mean, it's just great to want to work for yourself and to be the one that reaps the rewards and the benefits of that. Um, however, just 
make sure that that's actually what's happening. Yeah, right. Well you know, mm-hmm. make sure that that is the reality. Are you really working for yourself, or are you still working for yeah. that bank that owns the majority? You know of the debt that you had to go into to start your business in the first place. Well, that's so true. I mean, just because you change the hat uh, on your head or the name tag uh, or the the company on your business card does not mean you got rid of uh, all of the problems we just listed. And in fact, I find that most business owners are actually fairly conservative uh, with their portfolio. But when we describe what you just said, Holly, that, you know, hey, actually, you know, you're not in business for yourself. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Business Owner, unfortunately, you still have more than half of your money going out to somebody else. Uh, that, they're that's shocked, a big shock. right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, like their jaw drops, and they're like, "Wait, what? Yeah. You mean I'm not working for myself?" <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So, I mean, while we can certainly sing the praises of the rise of the entrepreneur, uh, it, it is you know a distinct lack of new businesses that have really started up since the financial crisis. I feel like because banks have really had a stranglehold on Americans' ability to take control. Yeah. And unfortunately, really, like we've been talking about, the the foil of unsuccessful entrepreneurs is the banker. So like, yes, banks and high interest debt have even found their way into the business models of entrepreneurs. Of all the businesses that fail, according to Business Insider, 82% of them attribute their failure to cash flow problems. And 21% of all entrepreneurs have resorted to using credit cards to operate their business. So many have drained their savings, they've mortgaged their home, put more on personal loans, bank loans, credit cards. I mean, they're just kind of eating up debt anywhere that they can find it. Pulling money out of their 401k, whatever. Yeah, Mm -hmm. just to float themselves. Um, And still, even more businesses die before they're even given a chance to live. Um, Many, you know, kind of would-be entrepreneurs are still paying off a $1.3 trillion mountain of student loan debt. So student loan debt actually now officially exceeds credit card debt in our country. And so, you know, how can we really expect people to be able to take risk, leaving, you know, secure, salaried, uh, wage-based jobs to be able to start the next Apple or Tesla or Amazon um, Mm -hmm. when they have this huge burden of debt behind them that they're thinking they have to pay off or they somehow have to make sure there's money to pay for it? Well, and so what we've said in this uh, podcast and elsewhere is, you know, we we believe that banks are the problem and that, uh, you know, privatized banking, bank on yourself is the solution. But of course, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, Holly. So, you know, uh, banking is the most profitable business in the history of all of mankind. So just like think about that statement for a minute. I mean, uh, banking is literally the most profitable business uh, if you walk into a bank and put a thousand bucks into a savings account, the bank doesn't just keep it all in the vault. You know, they're going to loan it to the guy behind you in line. And they're only keeping, you know, accor- according to the FDIC, 10% or uh, fewer uh, of your dollars. So a hundred bucks out of your thousand on their books and everything else gets loaned right back out. Uh, so, you know, that's that's a huge hundred thousand percent rate of return for them to basically put in really honestly Holly it's a it's an infinite return cuz that wasn't the bank's money they didn't put anything into that quote investment they're using your dollar and mm-hmm. then reaping the reward off of that so the the returns are literally infinite when you have 0 dollars in skin in the game as banks do so that's why they are the most profitable businesses in the on the planet that's why they own the biggest buildings mm-hmm. in your city 
Uh, yeah. So, I mean, how does how is it possible that, you know, they're doing all of this uh, and passing the risks, right, back to the entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. Well, and if you're one of those that loves to calculate rate of return, run into them all day, every day. Yep. Uh, people that love to just calculate that rate of return, really fun experiment for you. Pull out your financial calculator, put your initial contribution at zero and a return of anything. And that rate of return, like you were saying, you know, infinite rate of return mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. that initial contribution of what you had to put forth is zero dollars. Yeah. So not too I bad. don't even want to tell you how many calculators that I've burnt up, just burst into Broken. flames yeah, <laughs> with that uh, calculation. Yeah, infinite return. Yeah. But, I mean, really the truth is, you know, banks are reaping all the profits and have handed all the risks to the entrepreneur. I mean, that's just the reality. They're the ones that are profiting and you're the one that's taking on the risk. So, you know, I mean, just... Think about it. How much risk did the bank actually have to take on when you took out that loan to start or even grow your business? I mean, none. none. Right. Yeah, Yeah. none. They've got all your equipment and all your inventory as collateral to repossess if you can't pay them back. Or they'll sue you and get it all back in court anyways. Oh, and of course, you're going to be charged that interest that you promised them in the beginning. So, I mean, does the bank care if you had a bad month selling inventory or you had a family or health crisis that took you away from the business for a few weeks or months? No. I mean, really in return, they're going to wreck your credit. They're going to call you all day, all night, send you threatening letters, demanding payment. They'll squeeze you really till you have repaid every penny to them. So, I mean, really not much has changed since, you know, King Solomon wrote the proverb, the borrower is slave to the lender. Mm, Yeah. Well, and, you know, think about this for a moment. And whether you're a business owner or not, realize, please realize that we are all already in the banking business. In fact, if you're a business owner, you might as well have two business cards, you know, the the business that you run and that you operate, and also, you know, the banking business that you're a part of. We're all in the banking business, whether we realize it or not. Uh, It's like Neo in the Matrix, you know, when he woke up and realized that the entire human population was plugged into this machine, he couldn't unsee that. And it changed the course of the rest of his life. So not only did he immediately break free from those constraints, I still remember that watching it for the first time. It was so cool to watch. Uh, But he devoted his his whole life uh, to the cause of freeing the world from that enslavement, right, to the machines. So if you're loaded up with bank debt, credit cards, lines of credit, student loans, mortgages, you are a part of that banking matrix. And, uh, you know, even if you're maybe paying cash for everything, you might be feeling kind of, you know, good about yourself and like, well, hey, that is a real problem. That debt is out there and we've got all this debt in this, uh, in, in among business owners, individuals, and even the government. But, but hey, I'm, I'm clear of all that because I pay cash for everything. Uh, let me be the first to unfortunately inform you, um, you are still wrapped up in that banking cartel. Mm-hmm. And although, I mean, it should be said that paying for cash is a step in the right direction. Right. I mean, it, it you is. know, if we're mm-hmm. talking about alternatives of just, you know, taking on debt and paying cash, cash is certainly a step in the right direction, but you're still financing everything you buy. Think about it. When you save up and pay cash for things, you lose all the interest you could have earned on that money had you not spent the money and left it invested instead. So Mm. it's that whole opportunity cost, right? So you chose to buy that even with cash. You chose to buy that item. And so now, therefore, how many dollars are you missing out on that you otherwise could have earned? So either you pay interest to banks or you pass up unearned interest by spending money you'll never see, you know, again. Mm. Yeah. So where is that red pill? 
that Neo is so famous for taking? You know, how do we unplug ourselves from the banking system? I mean, is it even possible? In one way, we really cannot, you know, unfortunately. As entrepreneurs, we've got to participate in the world economy. I mean, just try, you know, not participating in the world economy and running your business. It just won't work. Unless you plan to start trading pine cones or something instead of dollars, we're going to have to find a way to involve ourselves in the system. So why not use that system to your advantage? If banking is your problem today, let's make it part of your solution. So, you know, I, I have some friends that are into uh, kung fu, judo fighting. I have to say that because I'm a huge nerd and I am not. I'd love to get into that at some point. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, in judo, they use the weight and strength of their opponent to your advantage. So, you know, what if you could become the banker to yourself? What if you could play that game of letting your money, like banks do, do more than one thing for you at the same time? What if you could loan yourself that cash that you need for your business to survive, for your business to grow, for it to you know, take market share? What if you could set your own repayment terms? What if you could have a huge pool of liquid contingency cash for anything, for emergencies and opportunities? What if you could not only avoid the pain of traditional bank financing, but instead use that concept of banking and financing to your own wealth and accumulation and advantage? So that's what we're going to be looking at uh, in the next episode. So stick with us. We're going to have some more fun next time on Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.